Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Only the finest racetracks in the world have ever been granted the prestigious honor of hosting a Formula One Grand Prix. Or so I thought. Present day Formula One has incredibly high standards with regard to where they will even consider going racing. In order to host a Formula One race, a circuit must have a grade one certification from the FIA, which is Formula One's flawless and non-controversial governing body. And there are currently only 41 FIA grade one circuits on all of planet Earth. Rumor has it that there's actually one on Mars, but that Elon Musk is hogging it so that he can race Cybertrucks there. That means... There are only 17 circuits in the world not already on the Formula One calendar that are even capable of being raced on by Formula One cars. And with the F1 calendar already maxed out at an absurd 24 Max Verstappen wins, I mean, races for the 2024 F1 season, even if you have an FIA grade one certification, it's still near impossible to get on the Formula One calendar. That, however, is just how present-day Formula One operates. The Formula One of old, on the other hand, cared about where its races were held about as much as Alpine F1 team cares about any of their employees remaining employed by Alpine F1 team, which is to say not at all. Like seriously, some of these old Formula One race locations are absolutely bizarre. It's like they used to just spin a globe and then stop it with their finger and then race wherever that was. After Formula One cars race around the Las Vegas Strip Circuit, aka the Spider Pig Circuit in late 2023, the all-time total for different circuits Formula One has raced on will hit 77. And of those 77 Formula One Grand Prix circuits, I have curated for you the top five weirdest ones ever. These ones are real weird, folks, real weird. And make sure you stay tuned all the way to the end because I saved the weirdest for last in order to game the YouTube algorithm, sorry. Let's start our journey off in Dallas, Texas, which if you've never been, good for you. Seriously, good for you, like keep it that way. Visiting that city should be on your whatever the opposite of a bucket list is. And I'm not just saying that because I lived in Austin, Texas for eight years and there's like a whole sibling rivalry thing going on between the two cities. Dallas stinks, okay? The 1984 Dallas Grand Prix was the ninth race of the 1984 Formula One season and its circuit, Dallas Fair Park, was quite possibly the worst circuit in Formula One history. You know it's bad when the fact that there was a 52-foot-tall statue of a barrel-chested Texas cowboy creepily watching over the drivers as they raced isn't even in the top three reasons why this one-off F1 circuit was so weird. If you can't tell by the name, Dallas Fair Park is a park in Dallas that hosts a fair, the Texas State Fair, not a purpose-built racetrack. The roads around Dallas Fair Park were built to shuttle around people eating such state fair foods as a funnel cake chicken sandwich or a, a pickle pizza or the dough muff, whatever a dough muff is. Not 
to have high-powered race cars going around them at 180 miles an hour. So it's no surprise that the track surface was not up to the task here. Not only was the track surface so bumpy that eventual race winner and guy whose son beat Lewis Hamilton in equal machinery, Kiki Rosberg, described it as, quote, disgustingly bad, the worst I've ever seen anywhere, end quote. But it also was literally disintegrating beneath their tires all race weekend long to the point where the pre-race warm-up on Sunday was canceled so that people could essentially go out and hot glue gun the track back together like it was your nephew's terrible third grade diorama that you have to act like doesn't suck. Oh, yeah, Thomas. Yeah, that's really good stuff, man. Really good stuff. Follow your dreams, kid. You're you're on something onto something good. Yeah. So the track surface had as much structural integrity as one ply toilet paper after being dropped into a volcano, and the barriers weren't much better. Ayrton Senna crashed out of the race on lap 47 because he was driving the same incredibly precise line all race, and then a wall literally moved into that line between laps 46 and 47 after being impacted by another driver. And to top it all off, Dallas Fair Park is in the mega hot state of Texas. And the 1984 Dallas Grand Prix took place in July. Great plan in there. So it was over 100 degrees Fahrenheit or 38 degrees Celsius outside for the race. And track temperatures reached an absurd 150 degrees Fahrenheit or 66 degrees Celsius. This insane heat led to multiple drivers suffering the effects of overheating. None more famous than Nigel Mansell passing out from heat exhaustion on the racetrack and almost getting run over by his own car while attempting to push his car over the finish line after it crapped out right at the end of the race. My favorite part of this bizarre story is that Nigel Mansell still managed to score a point in the Grand Prix. This guy scored a point. Look, he's literally passed out on the racetrack. How is that possible? I don't, whatever. That's kind of cool though. Good for him. Minus the pass out, but good for him. Oh yeah, and remember that 52-foot-tall statue of a barrel-chested cowboy that creepily watched over the drivers as they raced? It actually burned down in 2012, and the pictures of it burning down are straight nightmare fuel. Good riddance, Big Tex. I never liked you. Like every $30,000 millionaire from DFW going on their bachelor party, let's head from Dallas, Texas to Las Vegas, Nevada for our next weird F1 circuit. In 1981, Formula One made the bold move to go racing where nobody had ever raced before, well, except for probably a bunch of valets because it was the parking lot outside of the Caesars Palace Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. By the way, we here at Formula Bone are massive supporters of valet drivers. Tip your local valet, okay? Tip your local valet. The Caesars Palace Grand Prix circuit sounds like a beautiful racetrack sweeping through Rome, but it's about as far away from that as humanly possible, as it was literally an ugly temporary racetrack limping its way through a concrete-filled car park in the middle of the desert, which is not very F1 if you ask me. And just so we're all on the same page, folks, you're allowed to race through a parking lot in Formula One. That parking lot just has to be in Miami. Anyways, it's not just the whole parking lot thing that makes the Caesars Palace Grand Prix circuit one of the weirdest places Formula One has ever raced. It's that, plus the fact that the circuit went counterclockwise, which put massive strain on drivers' necks because they're used to going clockwise, plus the fact that it was in the Nevada desert, which led to drivers experiencing heat exhaustion, plus the fact that it had the most boring, repetitive circuit layout of all time. We are just doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Plus the fact that despite all of those flaws, Formula One still decided they'd give the Caesars Palace Grand Prix the distinguished placement of being the last race of the Formula One season, which in 1981 featured a three-way battle for the championship coming into that final race at the Caesars Palace Grand Prix circuit. Imagine spending your whole life training to be Formula One's World Drivers Champion 
and it all comes down to you driving on what looks like one of those driver's ed test tracks that they make you drive on without hitting a cone or else they take your driver's license away all because you accidentally back into a hot dog stand one time it was one time okay it's one time and the kicker to all this the season ending 1981 race on the caesar's palace grand prix circuit was such a smashing nothing burger that they said you know what we're gonna do it we're gonna run it back as the final race of the following season as well which they did Shout out to the original Las Vegas Grand Prix. Hopefully this one is better. It can't be much worse. From Vegas, we head through the Bermuda Triangle to Europe. Wait, whoa, 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 where are we? Oh, wait, now a word for my sponsor, Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Something I love about Indeed and the reason that I use it to hire is that it makes hiring all in one place so amazingly easy because of their amazing matching features, okay? With Instant Match from Indeed, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job the moment, according to Indeed Data US. Even better, Indeed is the only job site where you can only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements, okay? If you're looking to hire for your business, there's truly only one correct job site that you should be using, and it is Indeed. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash FBone. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash FBone. Just go to Indeed.com slash FBone and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash FBone. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Whoa. Whoa! Okay, we made it out of there. Now we're headed to Austria, except not to the Red Bull Ring, but across the street actually from the Red Bull Ring to the Zeltweg Airfield. The first ever Austrian Grand Prix took place in 1964 at the Zeltweg Airfield Circuit, which if you can't tell by the name was more airfield than circuit. The Zeltweg Airfield is the home base of the Austrian Air Force. And back in the 60s, some Austrians were like, ooh, it's pretty cool that those Brits turned that Silverstone airfield into an F1 circuit. We should try that with, with our airfield. So they did, except Zeltweg was a bit less suited to being turned into a Formula One circuit than Silverstone was, considering it only had one airstrip to Silverstone's three, and thus the best circuit they were able to extract out of it was this beautiful monstrosity right here. The Zeltweg airfield circuit holds the record as the shortest circuit by length in the history of Formula One. It's the only circuit in F1 history to be shorter than two miles in length, coming in at 1.98 miles or 3.186 kilometers. It's also tied with a couple other circuits, one of which we'll get to later, stay tuned for that one, for having the fewest number of turns in Formula One history at four, four turns. Truly a terrible circuit. If you ask me, I think it's shaped like the L that it is. The only thing that could have made the Zeltweg airfield circuit worse would have been big techs watching over it from a nearby hill like Rio de Janeiro's Christ the Redeemer statue. If the short length and lack of turns weren't enough to make you think this circuit was a weird choice to host an F1 race, maybe the fact that its track surface was so bumpy and abrasive that Formula One vowed never to return after the 1964 Austrian Grand Prix will sway you. You stink. From the shortest ever Formula One circuit in Austria, let's take a short trip to Italy 
to the longest ever Formula One circuit. The Pescara circuit in Italy holds the unbreakable record of being Formula One's longest ever circuit because it was an absurd 15.9 miles or 25.6 kilometers long. The Pescara circuit became the longest circuit in F1 history when it hosted the 1957 Pescara Grand Prix as a one-off race after some other races were canceled due to soaring fuel prices as a result of the Suez crisis. Look at J-Bone doing history. Haha. -ha. It's some leather patches right here. Let me put that absurd circuit length that Pescara had in perspective for you. The current longest circuit in Formula One is Spa, which is 4.4 miles or seven kilometers long. A lap around Pescara is 3.65 times longer than a lap around Spa. The fastest lap at the 1957 Pescara Grand Prix was set by Sterling Moss, who completed a lap in nine minutes and 44 seconds. The shortest lap in Formula One history by time was set by George Russell, who completed a lap at the 2020 Secure Grand Prix in 55 seconds. If both drivers were able to consistently replicate those lap times, George Russell could complete over 10 and a half laps in Bahrain before Sterling Moss completed one lap at Pescara. That is, if Mercedes don't give him a mixed tire set and secure again in order to prevent him from upstaging Lewis Hamilton, if you believe that theory. More Pescara facts. At Pescara, drivers only took 18 laps around the circuit during the Grand Prix, which is 60 fewer laps than drivers currently complete at the Monaco Grand Prix, despite the fact that the 1957 Pescara Grand Prix's race distance was 1.77 times longer. A lap around Pescara featured not one, but two 3.4 mile long or 5.5 kilometer long straights. Each of those two straights is like doing one lap around Circuit of the Americas, and even then, they still don't combine to total even half of the Pescara circuit's total lap length. What a bizarre, bizarre circuit, but not as bizarre as the final stop on today's weird circuit tour to Berlin we go so that you can do whatever the opposite of feasting your eyes is on Avus. The weirdest circuit in Formula One history is Avus, and it is not close. It only ever hosted one race, the 1959 German Grand Prix, and that does not come as a surprise to me, considering this circuit should absolutely never have been raced on in the first place. Why, you may ask? Well, first, it's barely a circuit at all. It's more like the merry-go-round at the Texas State Fair that I'm sure Big Tex creepily watches over, as it only consists of two straights connected on either end by two turnarounds. This ends up making the circuit look like Big Tex's massive Q-tip for his big old Big Tex ear. God, I need to get Big Tex out of my head, but I can't because I stared at that photo of him on fire for too long and now it's burned in my head forever. Oh yeah, and hmm, hmm, let me think of another reason aside from that that it shouldn't be raced on. Hmm. Oh, oh, really racking my old brain here. How about the fact that it featured a section called the Wall of Death that featured 43 degrees of banking and didn't have a railing at the top so that cars could just fly off? 43 degrees of banking. For comparison, Indianapolis Motor Speedway has 11 degrees of banking and Daytona has 31 degrees of banking. And I once did a hot lap around Daytona in the pace car and I nearly soiled my race suit on the banked curve because it was so steep. The Wall of Death really earned its nickname during the 1959 German Grand Prix race weekend too as F1 driver Jean Barrow was going to compete in the Grand Prix but tragically passed away after going over the top of the wall the day before in a Formula 2 race held at Avus. Avus, to you I say good riddance, you were truly terrible and I'm happy you were given the big text treatment and purposely destroyed so that the world could be safer for humans everywhere. Wait, what? 
What do you mean they rebuilt big techs after the fire? He's back and taller than ever? No. No! Subscribe now so that you get notified every time I plop out a hot steaming pile of F1 content. Special shout out to my top Patreon supporters and YouTube channel members at Rated Bookie and Glow! If you want your name shouted out in all my videos along with a bunch of other awesome perks, hit up the Patreon and or YouTube channel member links in the description of this episode. Until next time, folks, J-Bone! j, -bone! j -bone!